welcome to Those Feckin' Books, an RPG podcast where I do reviews, discussions, musings, and hopefully some interesting conversations. As I'm doing more research about the second edition of the One Ring role-playing game that's going to be coming out, and I see that they've shifted the time forward to be more in line with the Lord of the Rings, whereas the first edition and the revised edition of the One Ring was set uh, just years, uh, just five years after the events of The Hobbit. I've been thinking about, uh, and I'm reading through RuneQuest Carantha at the moment, and I'm thinking about how to approach worlds and how, or pre-established worlds, now, with the Lord of the Rings, you've got, in its way, a more pre-established world than Glorantha. Glorantha's got a lot going on there, and it's there's so much lore, but you're also told from the very beginning that your Glorantha will vary. So you can change things, you know, it's, it's all good. But there is this kind of feeling that you're not getting it right, or you're not... Um, if you leave something out, then you've somehow you know, got it wrong. And I've been thinking about how I approach things, and I think there really is um, something to be said for The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings approach. And that could be uh, transposed onto Glorantha. What I mean by that is that in The Hobbit, you've got a very simple story. You've got, there's things going on in the background, there's more hinted at, but it is really a simple adventuring story in a much, much larger world. But there's no pressure, really, to um, worry about um, about breaking things, about breaking the law of this or the law of that, because most of what you're presented with are active parties who are doing things now. You're not being told about Numenor, you're not being told about... Um, the grey lands, you're not being told about battles from a thousand years ago. Or if you are, you're being told them um, uh, very briefly. Like you're told about the men of the lake and about how they fought the dragon when he first came and about how Dale was destroyed. But the people who used to live in Dale are now living on the lake. So they're still those same people, and Bard is connected to the king, uh, is the last descendant of the king of Dale. And he, uh, so there's that living connection. And you've got um, Thorin and the other dwarves and Dane from the Iron, uh, Iron Hills, uh, or the Iron Mountains, I can never remember which one. They're all living connections to the mountain, to Erebor, even though that is currently in the hands of the dragon. But every, every party in that book is active is playing a part, is involved in some way. And that way works very well if you, uh, as I'm thinking about writing or coming up with ideas for running a game in Glorantha, I think that's, uh, part, that way of adventuring would work very well for a game. You have, you pick your spot, you make it a small area, like in The Hobbit, a relatively small area. You pick active members, people who are actively doing things in the setting, not things that happened thousands of years ago, not ancient tombs or whatever, but 
things that are relevant now and you make that part of the story and you make the characters at the centre and that could be a way to approach Garantha. Pick bits of it, pick active parts of it, things that are happening right now and go for it. Whereas if you... Uh, and then once you become more familiar with it, sprinkle those things in. That's, that is what I'm planning on doing. Adding more bits and pieces as and when I become more confident in the world. So I read The Hobbit, and then I tried to read The Lord of the Rings when I was younger, and it was just... Oh, it was too dense. There was too, too much going on, too much um, history. And through various means, over many years, I have absorbed it all. Or at least I've absorbed it and probably forgotten most of it. I still haven't read The Silmarillion, which is a terrible omission, but I find it uh, just a little bit too dense. And I'm still absorbing it, but I will read The Silmarillion. I plan to do so. Um, when I get to that point within myself, when I'm ready to um, to give that book uh, a fair try. But as of right now, I've absorbed the Lord of the Rings films. I've absorbed the Lord of the Rings in audiobook format. I've absorbed it in the, the wonderful BBC radio uh, drama that came out in the, uh, in the 80s, where Ian Holm, was, uh, who played films, was playing uh, Frodo, uh, in the radio drama, it's, it's wonderful and well worth a listen. But I've absorbed it through various means. I painted the uh, the Citadel miniatures uh, for the Lord of the Rings. This was before I got into um, role-playing games, before I even knew about role-playing games. I was painting miniatures for a tabletop war game that I never played, but they were Lord of the Rings miniatures, and I painted them and loved every moment of it. I painted some Warhammer 40,000 miniatures as well, but I had no idea that that was a game either. I just uh, gave it a try, played, uh, painted them, and then um, only later did I find out about the books, and that was my way into, um, into Warhammer 40,000, but I digress. But as I become more familiar with Glorantha, I'm adding bits and pieces of the law into what I'm going to do. But even so, I'm going to start out small. I'm going to start out... And I think that's kind of the genius of it. Especially if you look back at the um, at some of the early uh, adventures for RuneQuest, like you know Apple Lane and Gringle's Pawn Shop and everything. Those are very small, self-contained, and they but they have hints of things, other things that are going on, bigger, uh, bigger ideas. And I like that. I, I, like that the, um, I like the interconnectedness of it. And there are some really great adventures written for um, The One Ring, which I shall be taking inspiration from when I'm running uh, games in Glorantha especially um, the Darkening of Mirkwood campaign by Gareth Ryder Hanrahan, which is one of the best written RPG books I own and is uh, worth its weight in gold. It's, it's fantastic. Pretty much anything that Gareth writes is worth buying uh, and maybe buying another and giving a copy to somebody else. It's that good. He has a, he has a gift. 
he uh, the Darkening of Mirkwood campaign is a 30, 30, 40 year um, campaign uh, um, set after The Hobbit and running up just to the um, the beginning of where The Lord of the Rings would have started. And it's about how things went from being pretty good after the death of the dragon to how they started to get significantly worse as um, things started to, as Mordor started to build up, as suspicion started to build up, as the necromancer was, uh, uh, was, uh, the necromancer was gone, but he'd sent his uh, riders north, and about how things were, the woods were, uh, where there was a moment where Mirkwood was heading back towards being Greenwood, uh, you know, it, 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 um, it went dark again. And it gives some tantalising hints about what was going on up north um, when, uh, the, uh, when the Lord of the Rings films and everything and the books were happening in the south. And I've always wanted to explore that in the game, and one day I will, hopefully. But the Darkening of Mirkwood campaign is written in such a way that uh, probably, to be honest, it's probably taking inspiration from RuneQuest in a lot of ways. But it's you have a couple of adventures a year, maybe one, two. You have um, your characters progress. You, they uh, they get older. They get more experienced. Their children, their nieces, nephews, they uh, join in the fight. They get into what's going on. But the adventure is given uh, in snippets, in little, uh, not quite... Um, you know, bullet points, but it gives you bits and pieces to add into the adventure to work around your own characters. And um, I will definitely be doing a review of The Darkening of Mirkwood at some point, but all that is to say that I will be doing the same thing when it comes to running a game in Glorantha. I will be taking bits and pieces of the history and I'll be adding them into the story and I'll be working my way through all this wonderful, wonderful history. Uh, the bit that I'm particularly interested in right now is the, um, you know, uh, Kalia Starbrow and uh, the Prince of Sata, her, her doomed rebellion against the Lunars. That's it, perfect. It's great stuff. I like it. And then, of course, there's um, Pavis and the big rubble and... Oh, uh, it makes me um, well. It makes me sad that I was never, I never got into role playing when I was younger. I was never allowed to. But it also makes me happy in that I'm living in the time now where RuneQuest is back. It looks better than ever. It looks um, beautiful. It's a better system than ever, and I get to discover it all now. It's kind of like that feeling where I wish that I could forget all about The Lord of the Rings and read it again as a brand new reader and get just absorb all of it again and feel that joy of first discovery. Well, right now I'm just relishing the joy of first discovery when it comes to RuneQuest. And I think... I suppose the, <laughs> the main point of... The if you are new to uh, RuneQuest, don't get discouraged. Don't um, don't look at the massive wall of text, the massive collection of people and names and things, 
and get, um, get worried about that because you will be playing it right if you play in one village and that's pretty much you don't leave there. And you will be playing it right if you traverse the whole of Genetella, the northern continent. You'll be getting it right. And that is the, uh, that is the brilliance of what Greg Stafford created, is that it's not, uh, it's not a book. It's not a, um, it's not a novel. It's not something that you can break. The one problem I've had with the One Ring is my internal, my love of the setting makes me think, oh, no, I can't do this or I can't do that. If I do this, then I'll break something. And I think, I hope, that RuneQuest is going to cure me of that because there really isn't anything to break. There really isn't anything that you can... Um, that can't be a part of that world it's too it's too big it's too filled with myth it's too uh, well perfectly designed for a bunch of people sitting around a table making up as they go along but yeah i i hope uh, maybe this has encouraged you to uh, give it a try because um I didn't think I was going to like RuneQuest when I first heard about it. I thought, oh no, another huge, dense rule system combined with a huge, dense setting. But the setting, oh, the setting is made for gaming. It's not... Um, pretty much you could do uh, one of two things with a setting. You could make it light enough that there's, uh, you don't feel like you're breaking anything if you go your own way, kind of like Blades in the Dark. Or you can do this. You can have a lot of information, but then instantly tell the person who's got your book, don't worry about it. If you go off on your own thing, Glorantha will bounce back. It'll, it'll be okay. And that's very encouraging. You've been listening to Those Feckin' Books, an RPG podcast. If you've uh, got any um, suggestions for topics I should cover or any um, comments, uh, commentary, uh, send me a message. I look forward to hearing from you.